What it do? Monsieur Mangus here, coming to you live from the nation's capital, recording episode 8 tonight, The Smorgasbord. With the same old stew crew, let's go ahead and do some intros. A kid who never learned how to ride a bike, live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? Uh, that is true. I always, I always rode the, the pegs on the back of other people's bikes. How I got the nickname Peg Boy. Peg Fun Boy. <laughs> all, all the kids used to call me Peg Boy. Very, yeah, very nice. I like what you did there. Well, next up, uh, a kid who's actually attended five Nickelback concerts in his lifetime, live from Tennessee. Shakes, how we doing? Um, I saw on Spotify today that you were listening to Nickelback at work. I was, I, I was. I believe that. Uh, Dude, I that's a... You caught me red-handed. Were you actually? Yeah, no, that's I that's wasn't. why... That, obviously, that's why it was on his mind today. Seriously. To Don't even have that, Nickelback We're, we're going to have to have a iTunes. conversation sometime else about this. Hey man, I'm guilty for being caught uh, listening to a lot of uh, questionable stuff, but never Nickelback. I don't, I don't have a single song of theirs. Mm-hmm. Promise you that much. Well, uh, next up, a kid whose favorite beer is Michelob Ultra, live from San Francisco. Harry Douglas, how we doing? Uh, good, 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 good. It's good to be back. We had a week off for the long, long weekend, but um, it's good to be back. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, man. All right. Well, now that you all know the players, uh, let's go ahead and get it. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Derek Jeter, it's his final game Well, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're going to do things a little bit differently. We've got a, a bit of off-the-top-of-the-dome mentality. We're going to be all over the place tonight, but we're going to be keeping you educated and entertained as always. So uh, right before this, we got into a uh, nice heated little uh, debate and argument about the future of technology. I don't know if you gentlemen are interested in continuing that or we can just use that energy to dive into our other entertainment-related banner. I mean, I'll just say that Gardner is an idiot because he doesn't believe that virtual reality game-style or lifestyle stuff is the future. He just doesn't believe that's plausible whatsoever. So, so for those of you who don't know Brent, um, he's a bit of an asshole, and so he took what I said out of context. I'm fully aware of the fact that VR is the future. I'm just saying that is, n- in my opinion, no shape or form any cooler than what we're doing right you, now. You, your opinion actually was that we've peaked. We haven't even begun yeah. to peak. Dog. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, at at everything that we have today in our household, and yes, that's great. Like we're starting to incorporate cooler things, like our TVs can talk and they can fucking watch us. But like, dude, we've had that fucking technology forever. It's just they're now doing it, what? and they've made more money from it. What do you mean? We've had cameras and we've had listening devices for fucking twenty years. You're telling mm. me just now they have to be the ability to put Here's... cameras and listening devices in TVs? Come on. I mean, okay. First of all, so. Gardner is talking about that innovation and uh, creativity, whatever you want to call it. What, what was the word you used? It was like just like oh, uh, ingenuity and fucking yeah. Is that a, is that a pinnacle? Okay, first of all, it could not be further from the truth because there's so yeah. technology is at like such. Think about the 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 amount technology has changed over the past ten years since Even just ten years. Yeah, and, and dude, then, I mean, even it, computers. 
50 we years created, ago, technology, like, began, you know? Like, of course we're going to go further. We created the internet, and from that spawned fucking apps and home devices like Alexa. But what, what else? Like, it, I think, it, I think you're just... me. You're just kind of thinking, like, small box here. Like, big, big scale. Like, there will become a day when, like, watching TV is obsolete. Like, it used to be the radio. And then there was colorless, like, black and white TV. And now we have, you know, ultra 4K HD. There's going to be some point in time when, like, something as simple as just watching TV isn't even a thing anymore. Tom. It's just, like, the... It's just how the wheel rolls. Eventually, what's on top is going to be on the bottom. Exactly. Thank you, Tom. That's some big brain shit right there. Appreciate right, well, you. I like that from Big a scientific standpoint, but what I'm asking you is to intrigue me on what that is. Seriously, there's going to be a Westworld-esque world, like, thing where you're literally yeah, going yeah, to like, go into some sedated state. Like microchipped gonna, shit. Yeah, and you're going to go into a different world where you can do, I don't know, do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Live a different life. It's like Total Recall. Yeah, it sounds like more like it's going to end up being the Matrix. I hope not. Maybe, maybe it will totally be. Maybe it'll be That'd be pretty way cool. Better. I mean, that sounds like living hell. Running away from those fucking spider bots? No thanks. No thanks, yeah. I'm good but, sitting on my but couch. To that point, and playing we're, we're, we're far from the end of, like, innovation and, and you know, people inventing new things. I'm not... I'm not saying that that in, that new creations won't occur, like Tesla and and fucking hovering cars. I'm saying like, I think the technology that we have today that we see is the pinnacle, and they're just going to improve on that. Like nothing big and so new is going to come out that we're going to be like, holy fuck, this is the computer. Holy fuck, this is the internet. Like everything that we're going to see is going to be like, ah, cool, great. Now something wipes my ass and and changes my clothes for me. Like. Um, I don't, that's some innovation I could get behind. Yeah, but seriously. But they already I'm, have I'm it in Japan. They got that shit that squirts your ass, you know? I've been oh, waiting for the dryer that folds my clothes. Look, I'm just saying, I'm glad we had the conversation. It brought up some good conversation. So let's use that energy and transition into our boy that we've talked about in the last couple weeks, Ja Rule, uh, taking some serious L's. Uh, this guy performed at the Bucks halftime show, and <clears throat> it was fucking silent. Dude. Woof. It was bad. Just crickets. And this is coming off of 50 Cent paying for a shitload of his front row seat concert tickets. Nobody showed up. And the Fire Festival fucking uh, documentary is coming out. I mean, this is coming back to bite him in the ass, and I think people are finally realizing, like, how the fuck did this guy get away with it? And he's a huge asshole. Dude, what I didn't understand is, so he goes, it's uh, 90s artist night in Milwaukee or whatever it was. I don't understand why he even tried to, like, confuse the crowd by saying, I'm really a 2000 artist, but my album was released in 1999. So I was just like, dude, first of all, why are you talking? Just fucking rap yeah. some shit. <laughs> you're one and done, You're just, you're just <laughs> yeah. confusing the shit out of the people who are listening to you. Right. In any case, yeah, less talking. I mean, he's, his, my, my favorite part yeah. was how Giannis came out and just started like getting his shots up in the middle of his performance. Just oh, like, no fuck, way. fuck this guy. The, the crowd's not into this. I didn't, just, see, I didn't see that. That's no disregard for the performance. He just came out and he was shooting, and like the, the light, like the, the concert lights were still on, and he just didn't give a fuck. And I, I, I think that really took whatever wind out of the sails for the poor guy. 
And I just I hope he just never performs again. He should be done. Out of it's okay, respect man. for himself. You you had your like you know he had his uh, moment in, in fame and, and all I mean that no good disrespect, stuff. right? I mean we're all Jaw fans in our own right, but Yeah. But that was just bad. No one needs yeah, no one needs to see that. Just <laughs> yeah. getting literally just and, and silence from the entire NBA stadium. And honestly, I don't know what it stemmed from, but I, I honestly I can imagine it's from the backlash of the Fire Festival oh, yeah. documentaries. Absolutely. I think he's trying to take that publicity that he has and spin it, and he just... Uh, that shit's been spun. Spun it out of control a little too much. Uh, Got a little too ahead yeah, of himself. He was, he was bamboozled, bro. You can't blame him. He was hoodwinked. <laughs> bamboozled. He was led Why astray. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. We brought it up uh, via Instagram. But uh, fitting, as Tom is completely decked in Boston gear, Robert Kraft was charged with soliciting prostitution. I believe 20 others were included in this. Now, this guy has donated like $400 plus million uh, to charity. Wife died of cancer. I'm all about this guy getting rubbed down. But here's my thing, Tom. Go ahead. He did it at a fucking gross just sleazy ass parlor in bumfuck Florida when he could be in like the Ritz Carlton with some of the finest babes in the world. Well, let's take a break. It was Jupiter, Florida where like tons of millionaires and billionaires live. So it's not exactly bumfuck nowhere. I I meant, I meant like the, where the parlor was located. But I will say expand on these, these girls were being fucking trafficked, Tom. Um, they, I know we're not we're not here. I'm not def- I'm not defending that, but like let's let's be honest. Like Gardner said, there's no way that like the, you know this billionaire philanthropist is like part of that. He's just getting uh, fucking oh, love and tugs. No, <laughs> listen, he could so be, man. This, this this story just broke like an hour ago. More details emerged from this. Robert Kraft was charged and and like cited at the place the day of the AFC Championship game. So Sunday morning, he took a private jet down there with at like fucking Tom Brady. 11 a.m., got tugged off, and then at 5 p.m., he was back in Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. That's, a, that's pretty that funny. That just it's goes to show move. you he's strictly there for the rub down. So it's got to be pretty good. Little... You can get that shit in Boston. I'm, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe this place just has a deal. Maybe you know. Oh, he, see, he just Tom, knows. Tom's walking himself into or a corner. Or maybe he's right here. maybe he's in on he's the trafficking. trafficking. <laughs> yes. No, I'm to, with Brent, no dude. Way. He's going to check in on this. Like, no come on. He's going to check in on his operation and get a hand job. Yeah, that. yeah. Thank you, Tom, for leading us there. <laughs> there is yeah, absolutely no no doubt in my mind that he was not involved in any way. There, well, it, it, it's impossible. I pray that he we'll, was. We'll see. I'll, yeah, we're all I'll, ready to see him go down. But um, yeah, I'll get off of this now. Let's uh, let's talk Oscars. I don't know how many of you watched it, uh, but <clears throat> some really cool shit happened. But I wanted to start off by saying shout out to to Mike Myers and Dana Carvey uh, for doing a serious blast in the past Wayne's World skit uh, that put you know uh, the cherry on top to my fucking weekend mm. so i appreciate that and uh wanted to hear what your guys thoughts were before we dive into some of the topics uh i thought it was sweet man dana carvey has not weirdly enough 
doesn't seem like he's aged at all, right? Then he he kind of <laughs> looked exactly the same as he looked in the movie. Um, kind of, kind of amazing. But Gardner, it's nice to hear that you had a nice weekend and a nice cherry on top. Yeah, man. I went went and saw Dan Cook, man. Even more of a blast from the past. Oh so, like, shit, that's just, right. Was yeah, he good? Dude, fucking. Not yeah, to get off dude, topic. He was fucking great. He doesn't look great, but he sounded here's, great. Here's a bold take. Dan Cook fucking sucks. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm not like I'm not completely uh, opposed. I'm not completely opposed to that. Uh, I kind of did, you know, dug his old stuff, and I, I wanted to see stuff. if he was going to throw some about. It was new though. It was good. It was good. I didn't I didn't hate it. You know, cheap comedy. I'm not opposed. Yeah. Um, but uh, quick shout out. Now that we're driving straight into the films themselves, to Black Panther, that just absolutely cleaned house. Um, made history, winning three Oscars. There were a bunch of uh, African-American and female uh, individuals who were given this award. Um, the film itself, obviously, was huge for the social justice piece, and like I think it just did millions and millions in the box office its first week. So really cool to see that they... They pulled in and cleaned up. Obviously, they're not going to be given Best Picture. None of those fucking movies do. Like, Marvel will never get a fucking I kinda, yeah. Oscar. But I kind of thought Black Panther sucked, but that's just <laughs> my take. Really? <laughs> I, I nice. did not like it. I thought it was gimmicky. I thought it was corny. There was they a lot of stupid are, like, one-liners. I know, but this one in particular uh, was trying to be a little bit too, uh, I don't know. Like you know, they had that one line about Too the cheeky. the the what are those? You know, when he's wearing those like slippers. I, I hate oh that yeah, shit. that's like so it's cringeworthy to me. Um, well, what's not? Actually, I guess you could say it is cringeworthy. In fact, I was about to say it's not. But uh, best documentary was Free Solo, which will make you uh, cringe. Uh, yeah, different kind thinking of cringe, about sure. rock climbing uh, in Yosemite with absolutely no ropes, no nothing. You know, just your bare hands and feet um but yeah this was alex honnold and like some people out in the california rock climbing scene like put this together over the course of some time but uh it was badass if you guys haven't seen it i mean it's it's a sick fucking movie and um just one of the most badass things you could be doing rock climbing with with no equipment you know three thousand feet in the air what what the fuck is that guy's deal man he is a nut job yeah i mean it's just like there are adrenaline junkies slip. and then there's this guy. I mean, could you imagine being 3000 feet off the ground on a rock wall and you're just climbing? What did he what did he climb? I mean, it was like, like El Capitan. Feet off the ground. Yeah, El Cap. Yeah. Such it's a crazy fucking shit. nut job. It's crazy. And then I think the biggest like surprise of the entire show is best picture, no? Dude, 100%. Blew me the fuck What did away. you I think was going to win? Was hyping up, so everyone was hyping up Roma. It was kind of fitting with the time, and, it, and like, it was, the, it was the whole, big like, on political. the immigration piece. Yeah. And, and I thought, like, I mean, they were favored, like, 45.5% uh, to win. Mm. And fucking Green Book comes out of nowhere. Uh, but again, dude, that guy, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he's Mahershala. a fucking beast. Yeah, yeah Mahershala man. Ali. He uh, he actually won his second Oscar as uh, supporting actor mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the show, and then this was his third. Which I I'm I'm cool with it. Like, he's a, yeah, he's legit. I, he he is a fucking badass. Yeah, 
Dude, apparently, I, was, I, I thought that. Sorry, go ahead. Go I was on. gonna say apparently uh, Spike Lee walked out after they announced it. Yeah, whatever. Which <laughs> fuck which brings Spike me to a, Lee? Which fuck brings me to a separate dude. point that Spike Lee is a sore loser and a piece of shit at the same time. A total um, charge. Yeah. All the acceptance speeches start with like, "I want to thank everyone else in the category." Like everyone acknowledges that you know you made a good movie or like you know, and that you were you, you, you like, did a the, great the job. other nominees were like just to, you know. You know what I mean? They always say, like, it's amazing to be part of this, like, uh, nominated with this group of people. Cast of characters, yeah. Um, but he went off no, I mean, dude, on his own shit. This is a guy that, that fucking literally paints this picture of, like, it being a diehard Knicks fan. He's always there. And apparently he fucking learned that the Knicks broke their uh, losing streak from fucking Samuel Jackson yeah. announcing. It's like, yeah. dude, you're a fucking fraud. And then and then Brie That's Larson and then uh, Brie Larson goes and now to get back on script, which means Samuel just completely just went off on his own to to just say that I guess. Yeah, just call him out. And I, I mean, like Samuel. Don't get me wrong, way, I but I just was like you know him doing that and then him his reaction to you know giving uh, what was that for? That was for best adopted screenplay, I think. Yeah. Um, best adopted. Yeah, screenplay. his reaction yeah. to it all was a little bit like. Yeah, it was a little much. You know, you got to be a little bit unbiased when you're doing that stuff. Well, I I had an issue with how people get cut off when they're giving their acceptance speech. Like, these people have literally worked their entire lives for this moment. And then the people are like, yeah, yeah, all right, hustle it up here. We got to go to commercial yeah, break. But, like, yeah. Shit, dude. That, I mean, they're on yeah, a schedule. Like they're 11 o'clock. Yeah, yeah imagine, they, imagine, imagine, moment. imagine, like, if Spike Lee didn't have a, a clock telling him when to shut up. Seriously. The guy <laughs> would still be on stage. He'd still for be the talking. Clock. So would Kanye Dude. from, like, 2009. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Very true. Um, all right. Well, we, uh, we'll wrap this up with what I believe to be the biggest fucking announcement of the 2019 Oscars, which was, and if you're an entertainment or movie buff, you've probably already known about this coming out, but they did a trailer for Martin Scorsese's The Irishman uh, with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and it looks fucking tits i don't <laughs> i don't thing, know right? how else to explain it in a more educated or logical uh <laughs> way but it is just tits fantastic. are cool yeah T- tits exactly. are cool. that's kind of where i was going with it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well um now that i've kind of straight up wet my pants talking about it let's go ahead and dive straight into some sports banner um saw this in the uh in the news circuit recently Former cornerback Charles Tillman, uh, former Chicago Bears and Carolina Panther, has now become a FBI agent. Don't know if you guys know anything about this, true or false. Like, yeah, is this true. legit? I saw, t- I saw today he uh, graduated from the FBI Academy, and uh, I think it's cool, man. I think it's fucking badass to just be like, all right, my football career is over. Let's go to the FBI now. You know? Well, so I imagine. So I mentioned it earlier, and somebody was like, "Yeah, he's probably working at a desk." But you don't, you don't become a professional athlete and then go off to sit at a desk afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot of them do, but if you can become an FBI agent and work the field, fuck, that would fuck be yeah. super that'd be, sweet. That'd be sick. I mean, he's my, my question for that is like, if you're undercover, like, don't you have to kind of be low profile, like? That's what I, I, I'm I imagine a fair amount of people are going to be like, "Oh, you're nah, you know, dude. He, you played ten seasons in the NFL." Nah, I mean, I don't, was I don't Jason Bourne a... low profile? <laughs> true, that's, that's true. a fucking he good point. Yeah, he, he was making a, making a lot of noise. 
<laughs> he was the born ultimatum. Yeah, he was making a lot of noise everywhere he went. Yeah, but that but that is a good point. Like, I guess he can never do undercover work because he would like walk into a scene and they'd be like. No, dude, I, no, dude it's not like it's Char- not like Charles Tillman. Charles dude, is here. It's not like Peyton Manning being an FBI agent. This is like, some, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like some quarterback. <laughs> it's some cornerback. I, I don't think you can be. I don't think you can be the, the Papa John spokesperson and an FBI agent. I think it's right. in the Papa John's contract. Right. He can't join the FBI. Yeah, but no, you get no, my no, point, right? Papa like, Jay. it's not like some like super recognizable player. I mean, granted, Peanut yeah, Tillman was like a legit cornerback for a long time, but I. I'm, <laughs> Fuck, if I saw him on the street, I wouldn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah I guess enough. that's 100% true. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's talk baseball. Baseball. A um, lot of news recently, obviously, about Bryce Harper and where he's going to play in 2019. Uh, I'll turn it over to you, Lasagna, to start us off here. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, it's not surprising that Machado signed first, um, being the, the lesser, so to speak, of the two big <laughs> names, him, him and Harper being the other. And Harper was just waiting the storm out to see what Machado got, and now you know 300 mil is the like the the the, the standard, so to speak. But at this point, like I don't know if anybody is going to offer it to him, and if if he is going to get it, I think the Phillies are probably the the top team to do so, um, just given their talent. And if Bryce Harper goes there, the Phillies are probably going to win the NL. Just putting that out in advance bet on it do what you got to do with it um but i on the table i'm also a little worried that he's just gonna say fuck it for one year um and because machado kind of set that standard this year he might just take a one year you know 20 million dollar deal and go play for a contender like the yankees or the dodgers i think one of those two i'm i'm hoping it's not new york um, about them yankees no, nah, dude, the Yankees haven't. I trust me. I wish he would come, cause, but I just don't think he will at this point. I mean, we just re, we just signed Aaron Hicks to a, a contract extension. You know, our outfield's pretty much filled out. We got Giancarlo. We got Aaron Hicks. We got Aaron Judge. We got uh, who's the Red Red Thunder? What the fuck's his name? Clint Frazier. D's nuts. Um, and so the, I honestly, just, I think he's gonna go to the Dodgers on like a one two year deal, one year two year deal. And then, and then he'll, you'll see how the market is after. And that's it. <laughs> I didn't see, what'd you arrested. say? <laughs> Thank you, Gardner. I appreciate that. What'd you say? I said D's nuts. D's nuts. There you go. All right. Well, uh, Brent. In, yeah, I was going to say, in terms wanna, of D's nuts. You want to talk about D's nuts on the volunteers? Uh man, yeah. So it's been a a down week for the volunteer faithful. Went up to Lexington, got spanked by Kentucky in front of the country. Um, won our next game, and then you know just went to LSU this past weekend and lost again. So now the Vols have three losses on the season. But more importantly, there are three teams tied atop the SEC. That is. Uh, Kentucky Wildcats, Tennessee Volunteers, and LSU Tigers. Uh, th- so they're all two lost teams now, and you know we only have I think five games left in the season. So you know it's all going to come down to this: whoever wins the SEC. Uh, Kentucky and Tennessee are both vying for you know a, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So they they definitely got to get back on track, and they're at Ole Miss this Wednesday, and then head back up. Uh, 
to Knoxville. Sorry, uh, the Cats are coming to play them. So we'll have another Tennessee-Kentucky rematch. Um, really, they just got to play better defense. But there are plenty of other good teams in, you know, Division One basketball right now. So, Tom, Harry, you guys want to talk about some of them? Uh, yeah, I'll, I can dabble in that a little bit. Um, and Tennessee, you're right, Tennessee's schedule does not get easier. They're definitely going to prove themselves with these last four or five games, uh, especially finishing at Auburn to end the regular season. That's right. going to be a good test. Uh, good, you know, measuring. I mean, we there. also have uh, Mississippi State in that stretch. You know, pretty much the right. five twenty and seven Mississippi State. The five best teams you know, no in the conference over. are the are the five teams we end with. So, uh, one one team I wanted to hit on was the Villanova Wildcats, who have since dropped completely out of the top twenty five for the first time in like it's got to be at least four or five years, um, which is you know surprising. But they've been kind of you know taking some beatings now, and the whole Big East is just. I don't know what to make of the Big East right now, uh, but if I'm putting my money anywhere, it's Marquette. We've been on Marquette all season. Um, they are currently, I think, 10th in the country, and the Big East is theirs to win. And I'm, you know, I'm fully on the Marcus Howard train. I think he's going to be a fucking lottery pick. Um, I love, I love Marquette moving forward. And also, I'm going to take this opportunity to shout out my VCU Rams, who are in sole possession of the A10. And I know the A10 is not the SEC or the ACC by any means, but we're, like, blowing teams out on average of, like, 20 to 30 points over the last month. Um, we're going to win the conference, and we're going to go into March, like, 31-6, and 31-7. And, and I think this VCU team can make a lot of noise. Grimes, you got any thoughts? Uh, I don't have much to add right, for, for today's uh... – what are your uh, What are your guys' thoughts on Virginia Tech's chances versus Duke uh, with Zion out? Um, I don't think. Swim? Yeah, I don't think they have much of one. Honestly, uh, Duke has played without Zion a few times this year. Yeah, they lost a game to to Syracuse early in the season, but they've also you know they've won plenty of fucking games and uh, Tech just is not as good as them. Well, we talked about them earlier in the season. They've had a a few injuries, so they're not as uh, as good as they were at the beginning of the season. But I do want to say, um, how about the fact that you know Duke suffered another loss uh, this past week, and they fell to number three in the rankings, right behind UVA. So I think they have identical records. Uh, and of course, as we all know, Duke has beaten UVA twice: once at home, once away, and yet somehow they're still ranked. Below them, so um, usually as a Duke hater, I would never care about such things. But I just find shit like that like so annoying. Like, how are you going to rank them mm-hmm. right behind the team that they've beat twice? You know, right now, right now it has Duke at twenty four and three, Virginia at twenty four and two, and they're both tied for second. Well, both of those losses are to Duke. So come on, yeah, use, use no, no, your I, fucking I, brain. And they've got Duke above Virginia. I, I agree with you. It's fucking outrageous. I, I th- I think the North Carolina loss they can they they play again I think next or this upcoming weekend on Saturday so when Zion is back we'll we'll see you know where each team stands but I don't put a whole lot of stock into that loss against North Carolina neither do I um, they were just kind of shell shocked and they didn't have an answer for Cameron May who is the big man on North Carolina he had like thirty four points and he just went off because they didn't it's Luke May they, they, sorry, they couldn't adjust or uh, sorry what I say Cameron, Cameron, Cameron yeah Luke May yeah I don't know who the fuck that is Luke May 
fucking 12th year senior down there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, he went off, and if Zion's in that game, it's a different game. I, I still think Duke is going to be just fine. So we posted a couple of uh, couple of games that are coming up, some games to circle. Moore wanted to know your guys' opinion with some of those teams that are on the outside looking in, uh, like Houston and Michigan State and Marquette and Mich- you know Michigan, uh, who kind of has the biggest chances. I, Tom, I know your pick kind of lies with Marquette, but wanted to hear from Harrison and Tom. Or, sorry, Harrison and Brent. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the really interesting game that's going to be is going to be this rematch with Duke and UNC. Um, you know, we're just talking about how it's kind of a fluke game, and Duke kind of just once Zion went down 30 seconds in, they were just kind of out of it. Um, you could even see it on R.J. Barrett and Karen Reddish's face. They just, for whatever reason, they just seemed like they'd lost the game at that point um, and never could really pull out of it. But... I, that's the only game that I've got circled. I think Michigan-Michigan State will be good, uh, a good rematch. I know Michigan State just won, which is a huge win because Michigan's legit and they're they're deep and they're they're a pretty complete team. But uh, that Duke ENC game is going to be uh, the one that I'm I've got most circled circled right now. Yeah, well, of course, as I you know sort of touched on earlier, uh, the big one for me personally is of course the rematch with Kentucky, um, Tennessee versus Kentucky. Uh, but yeah, um, you know the Duke UNC rematch. That's going to be a huge game. Um, as far as like teams that are a little less known, um, Houston, who you know has been a pretty elite team all season long. They're the only one loss team in the country. Uh, their big game is going to be Cincinnati. That's their final game of the season, I think. As a matter of fact, um, and Cincinnati always plays you know tough brand of basketball. They've sort of carried that attitude for like the last ten years. It seems like. Um, so we'll see if Houston can you know potentially be a number two seed that's really what they're vying for I don't think anyone buys them as a number one seed but of course every little bit helps so uh if they keep winning you know that's probably what they're going to end up with sweet all right well um let's go ahead and wrap it up and talk a little puck if you guys want to yeah we haven't uh it's about time I don't think we've done it all year yeah man haven't done any of it I think this uh this year or this season so Season two obviously lined up perfectly uh, with the heat of the NHL season. Um, had the skills competition, all-star break, all of that good shit. This past weekend, a bunch of really good stuff happened leading up today to today, I should say, Monday, February 25th, 2019, uh, which was the trade deadline. So we wanted to kind of talk about the biggest trades that happened from over the weekend into today um, and, and some of our takes. So I will, uh, I'll turn it over to Harry Douglas to talk to us a little bit about Zuccarello. Yeah, um, so, you know, the Rangers seem to be kind of just unloading uh, all their talents. They're, they're in a very much a dumpster fire mode as they've been in for a little bit. Uh, yeah, little I was about now. to say it seems like that's – Years ongoing. Yeah, exactly. Deja vu. I feel like one of our earlier posts was a dumpster fire you posted. Yeah, I, 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 I sure do remember that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I won't get into, like, the whole – I'm not going to get into the whole fan side of it because it's just annoying and I don't really feel like it. But, um, yeah, so we gave uh, – we traded away Matt Zuccarello to Dallas uh, for draft picks, I believe. I don't have the actual trade details in front of me. But um, – and I guess – did he get he got injured in the first game he played in Dallas? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I did not know that. Um, 
But it's still a tough thing to see. I mean, he was with the Rangers for nine years. Uh, and then the next day, I think it was the next day, uh, uh, Kevin Hayes gets traded to Winnipeg for, for picks. Uh, so the Rangers are pretty much in full rebuild mode, just stacking up picks, hoping that they'll pay off. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's also going to clear up cap space. I don't know who they're intending on getting with all of this renewed or no, this this new money, but uh, I guess it's to be seen. Um, and then a big thing that I that uh, two big trades I thought were the two biggest trades I should say was Carl Hagelin getting acquired by the Capitals from L.A. Uh, I just think that's a Dude, really that huge. that's a really big. You know, they realize that the team that they have is is good, right? Stanley Cup champ, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions, but he's going to be a really effective player come playoff time. He's won championships. He's had a ton of experience in the playoffs. Guy is fast as shit and and four checks his ass off. So I really like that one. And then the other one, and I'll, Shakes, I'll let you put your, your two cents in too. But the other big trade was Wayne Simmons going to Nashville from the Flyers. Um, that trade sent Ryan Hartman and a fourth rounder in 2020 to Philly. Uh, but I think Wayne Simmons is going to bring a really uh, interesting dynamic to Nashville. Super tough player. Um, literally, the guy's tough as nails. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a good addition for them come playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he is... Uh, everyone knows Wayne Simmons is a beast. Um, he's, like, one of the fastest. You know, as far as just, like, having pure size and speed, he's got it. I think he's had six straight seasons with 20 goals or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, he can put the puck in the net. And it seems like that's, you know, from a Preds fan perspective, that's always what they're looking, like, lacking come playoff time. And they're, they've just been trying to get more offense generated all the time. And uh, last year, the power play was a strength of the Preds, but this year it's been fucking atrocious. So, of course, he's going to help out there, you know, a big presence. And um, on top of that, they made they made another trade. They sent... Speaking of like scoring, one of our best young scorers uh, is like a second line player, Kevin Fiala. He was a first round pick like four years ago, and um, you know they traded him away too. So, trying to just make something happen now. I, they they don't, you know, the Preds are in a window. They've been a pretty deep playoff team for the last couple of years in a row, and uh, if they don't, I don't feel like if they don't make something happen pretty soon, it's going to be tough for them to yeah. get back. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Rangers were in that same window just a, you know four or five years back. So it's yeah, a, it's, it's very similar to me the way that Nashville is has been has been doing the past couple of seasons. It's very uh, you know a lot of similarities there. But um, but yeah, let's. I think we should jump right into some some playoff predictions. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for those of you who are listening, to give you uh, a quick kind of league standings. Uh, as it currently stands and to give you some more insight this is not like always painting a perfect picture uh, of the playoffs this is just as it stands uh, according to record and points so sitting at the number one slot is the lightning number two flames three sharks four bruins and five islanders so those are our top five contenders right now um, obviously, with the uh, outside looking in being the Leafs, the Jets, the Caps, the Preds, and the Jackets. Um, and then you always got to think that Pittsburgh and uh, some of these other teams always make a quick run at the end there. So with all that being said, um, let's dive straight into it and, and would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, 
think that's an interesting. I think. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna pull up my, my standings real quick. I just want to see who's because there are a couple of teams that are playing pretty well right now that that I think could maybe sneak in. Uh, you look at the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, it would be really interesting, in, and I don't think they have got the. Uh, they could probably do it. I think the Blackhawks, if they snuck in, would be a really tough team to play in the, in the playoffs. Fuck that. Uh, it's doable, man. They're they're sitting at 61 points. And Minnesota's in the second wild card spot with 66, and we still got about 20 games left to play. So definitely doable. Um, I know I, I I'm pretty indifferent here because the Rangers are out of the playoffs, or for all intents and purposes. Uh, you know they could even still sneak in, but they suck and they just trade away all their players. So, um, but I, I really like you know come playoff time, Toronto, uh, Nashville. I, I I like the moves they made. And so I'm, I'm thinking that Nashville should be able to make it all the way. I don't want to like jinx anyone or be that like commentator curse. Um, and then Tampa Bay, man, Tampa Bay has been solid all year. They're offensively, defensively, goaltending, uh, power play. Like they're, they're the most complete team. Um, I think they're probably the odds-on favorite going into the playoffs to win the cup. Yeah, I mean, early on in the season, there was some some back and forth battling with the Preds and Tampa Bay and some other teams at the top, Winnipeg uh, and Calgary. But, you know, since then, Tampa has just taken the hell off. Um, they're by far the best team in the league. They have 98 points already um, on the flip side. You know, other teams, I think the next best is 85 points by Calgary. So, yeah, they, they are the odds on favorite to win it all right now. But, uh, there's, of course, there's other teams, like I think Tom mentioned them earlier, or, or maybe you did, uh, the Jets, um, yeah. You know, just been a team that we've like seen coming for the last couple of years. It seems like, and sure enough, there they are. You know, leading the Central Division, uh, Preds right there in second, and the Blues behind them. And then in the Pacific, you know, you mentioned Calgary and San Jose, who is just perpetually a huge playoff team. You know, I feel like they are extremely yeah. dangerous. I agree, and they're they've giant been with killers. Burns and and Carlson and. Uh, and and Evander can't like they just they're just solid and their defense yeah. they've kind of been like developing all year and it seems like you know they're seven two and one in their last ten uh, you know it seems like they're they're going to be a really tough team and it's that's kind of what I love about this year's playoffs uh, is is it can it's kind of up in the air uh, you know anyone obviously Tampa's got you know they're they're far and away it seems to be the best team but come playoffs man it's everyone's back to zero right. And yeah. it's kind of anyone's game. I, also, I will say yeah. another team out of the East to watch out for because they're always in the mix is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, and you, nothing. I mean, sometimes it takes it a while, but but youth doesn't beat experience, you know. Yeah. Um. So you 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 really can't replace what what that roster has under them, what they've done together multiple times, you know. So. Yeah. I mean, what, if you're what, if if sorry. you're looking at the current standings, like honestly, these teams are fucking tough. Um, even even all the way down to four. I mean, even, like the Bruins will be a, a strong contender going in, into this playoff rush, and then like you have at five the Islanders with fucking Barry Trotz, you know, on his high horse coming off of a Stanley Cup. Um, not that I think that these guys can get it done, but I think they can kind of stir up the pot a little bit. Um, but I wanted to circle back to Brent what you said and and what I had kind of alluded to earlier, which was Winnipeg. Um, you know, I think Vegas has them at plus seven fifty. I think uh, where they lack is is 
goaltending. Harry mentioned it. You know, when it comes to playoff time, the goaltender has to show up every single night. You can't have a fucking off night. Um, and I think I don't know much about him, but but I, I've heard that he's inconsistent. Um, they've also got a super fucking shitty schedule coming up. They've got, I think, you know, 10 games or whatever you said, and, and all of them are top six teams, um, top 10 teams, I should say. And so you've got you've got a kind of rocky road ahead, but you got to think about Hayes being added, who's going to be a serious threat to an already young team, uh, who's dynamic, they pass the puck well. Um, you know, they've got experience in the playoffs. Like you said, they've had this build up over the last couple of years. And... I I honestly think that they could sneak in here um, and, and really, you know, surprise the hell out of a lot yeah. of us. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of puck to still be played, and there's a lot of really yeah. good teams this year. Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like most teams have about 20 games left, and, you know, it's cliche to say that anything can happen, but, um, you know, I, I think there will be a couple teams that will sneak into the wild card spot that aren't there right now from, from where I'm sitting. Um, you know, I could easily see Dallas getting bounced out on, in the West of that wild card spot. Uh, Minnesota is a pretty good team. I, 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 I think they'll probably make it in. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll they, see. I, I, they I'm, have, I mean, yeah. in the East, they have, uh, Montreal and Carolina at the one and two slot for the wild card, but those, mm. they're going to drop the fuck out real quick. Well, I think Montreal um, will, and I think Pittsburgh will sneak in, uh, I don't really see much. I mean, I, I don't see anyone else. Uh, Carolina is a good team, man. They're eight and two in the last ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate them, but I don't really. Know. I don't know. I yeah. think Pittsburgh's definitely gonna to, is gonna slide slide in the DMs there. You you guys are forgetting one thing, and that it's the the year of Boston oh sports. My God, it I doesn't matter. You guys can pick whoever you it's want. Kind of the like, Bruins are gonna win the Stanley Cup. It's kind of waiting on. We, time I mean, to we just we just acquired. Uh, Sorry, we just acquired Charlie Coyle, who's a hometown kid. This kid is going to be electric in Boston. Imagine, you know, playing for your favorite sports team growing up. That this is kid's epic. living it. That it's is fucking, fucking awesome. Epic. The Bruins needed to add another score. We have, I think we're third overall with like 82 points. And I know we hit on Tampa Bay being like up there. Um, but aside from that, I'm glad we kept uh, Tory Krug, who is like a defenseman yeah. that's kind of been thrown around. But even with Chara out, we have a pretty stout defense. Um, that's played well for most of the year with, like I said, Krug. Um, I love Charlie McAvoy. Kid's just a little fucking bowling ball out there. <laughs> um, and the Bruins just got off a five-game strip or stretch um, West Coast road trip where they, I think they got nine out of possible ten points. Mm-hmm. That and then um, to, to circle back to uh, the San Jose Sharks come to town, I think tomorrow night they play. So it'll be a good measuring stick for the Bruins to see you know, how much gas is still left in the tank and see how this Charlie Coyle kid plays. Tune in. Don't miss it. Yeah. You heard it here first. Dude, shout out to fucking Chara, man. I mean, that guy is old as dust in terms of hockey years. I'm pretty sure that he was in the league. I think he's like one of the remaining players in the league who was in the league when Gretzky was in the league. Probably. I don't him. know how long probably. he's been playing, if but I mean, it feels like forever. If I was going to say like two, like it's probably him and uh, Joe Thornton. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, uh, and maybe the... and maybe Ovi, honestly, like right no, at the cusp no. of his career. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe not. When, not, not maybe gr- when Gretzky was on the Rangers, Ovi was in like his first year in Washington. We'll, we'll do our research. We'll, we'll, do, we'll yeah. get back to you. Don't worry about <laughs> so it. So Zdeno Chara <laughs> is one of two players playing at forty or older. Uh, the other being Matt Cullen. So there's only two of them. Shuby. Um, 
That is Shibby. that is some company right there. Well, hopefully that was uh, both educating, educational, I should say, and entertaining. Uh, enjoyed talking some puck. You'll you'll be hearing a lot more of it as we kind of lead here into the playoffs. Um, super excited. I, I honestly, we say this time and time again. Best playoffs. N- nothing more. Like God, <laughs> yeah. damn it, God damn it. I can't, I can't fucking I want, wait. I man. wanted to say it. I wanted to say it. <laughs> Stanley Cup playoffs are the best fucking playoffs. One of the most electric fucking playoffs of, of any sport. Um, you know, Tom, Tom will chirp in here with baseball, but truly just so exhilarating. And I'm, I'm baseball's I'm not far behind, but basketball is miles and miles behind. Yeah, NBA is so whack. Whack. Well, boys, we uh, we're almost here at an hour mark, so let's go ahead and close things out here in the stew. Harry, <laughs> you want to close us out here? Don't <laughs> do that again. Stem- okay, yeah, please don't. Um, yeah, I have one quick buzzer beater. Is uh, a quick shout out to Manchester City on winning their first trophy of the year. It was the uh, Carabao Cup. It's the English Football League Cup. Uh, it's when all teams in England uh, are put into a, a pool and uh, played out bracket style, and Man City won because they're nasty. And it's kind of like the, the least significant of the trophies that, that they'll go after this year. There's four in total that they're playing for. Um, but still a pretty exciting Is game. Man City your team? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, pretty, pretty shitty game in the sense that it was nil-nil uh, all the way up until... Uh, penalty kicks, and uh, and City won it four three on kicks, and and that was that. So, one of one of the first of four. Uh, I don't think it's ever been done before, but currently, Man City is by some somehow is ten to one odds to win all four trophies this year in uh, European soccer. Holy shit! Which is crazy, crazy shitty odds for something that's so hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's it. All right, Tommy Lasagna, what do you got for us? I have a bit of an open forum for, for you guys. If you want to suggest anything now as well as for our listeners, you can DM us. But uh, a few weeks I have a party coming up that's supposed to be Game of Thrones themed, and you got to, like, dress up and shit. So I am wide open to suggestions as to what character I should dress up as. Whichever one puts a peg in their ass. I'm going uh, <laughs> to leave that one alone, but I'm open to suggestions otherwise. Thank you, as always, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us tonight. It was an absolute pleasure. If you were not already, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. We are now on iTunes and Spotify. We're making big moves, so go and check that out. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We've got some new formatting going, new templates, and a new logo. So new shit happening, as promised, in Season 2. Get ready for continuous fun and tingling in your pants. So we'll turn it over to Brent to close us out. Uh, yeah, so pretty big news. Uh, this day in 1932, Johnny Cash was born. So, uh, you know, king of rock and roll, baby. Uh, go, we'll, baby. We'll play a little Johnny Cash. Yeah, Let's fuck go. everyone. What, what do you got for us? Um, I'm going to have to decide that in a second. Definitely not Ring of Fire. Play us out. Peace. Later, peace. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. 
Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by And sometimes I'd hang my head and cry Cause I always wanted me one that was long and black One day I devised myself a plan That should be the envy of most any man I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand Now getting caught meant getting fired But I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand I'd get it one piece at a time And it wouldn't cost me a dime You'll know it's me when I come through your town I'm gonna ride around in style I'm gonna drive everybody wild Cause I'll have the only one there is around So the very next day when I punched in With my big lunchbox with help from my friend I left that day with a lunchbox full of gear I've never considered myself a thief, but GM wouldn't miss just one little piece, especially if I strung it out over several years. The first day I got me a fuel pump, and the next day I got me an engine and a trunk, then I got me a transmission and all the chrome. The little things I could get in my big lunch box, like nuts and bolts and all four shocks, but the big stuff we snuck out my buddy's mobile home. Now up to now my plan went all right till we tried to put it all together one night And that's when we noticed that something was definitely wrong The transmission was a 53 and the motor turned out to be a 73 And when we tried to put in the bolts all the holes were gone So we drilled it out so that it would fit And with a little bit of help from an adapter kit We had that engine running just like a song now the headlights, there was another sight We had two on the left and one on the right But when we pulled out the switch, all three of them come on The back end looked kind of funny too But we put it together and when we got through Well that's when we noticed that we only had one tail fin About that time my wife walked out And I could see in her eyes that she had her doubts But she opened the door and said, honey, take me for a spin so we drove uptown just to get the tags And I headed to ride on down main drag I could hear everybody laughing for blocks around But up there at the courthouse they didn't laugh Cause to type it up it took the whole staff And when they got through the title weighed 60 pounds I got it one piece at a time And it didn't cost me a dime You'll know it's me when I come through your town I'm gonna ride around in style I'm gonna drive everybody wild Cause I'll have the only one there is around Uh, yeah, Red Rider, this is the Cottonmouth in the Psycho Billy Cadillac, come on Paul Uh, this is the Cottonmouth, a negatory on the cost of this machine there, Red Rider You might say I went right up to the factory and picked it up, it's cheaper that way uh, what model is it? Well, it's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 automobile. It's a 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70 automobile.